welcome to comic book lessons i'm your resident comic book nerd beth and today's lesson i promised this last week i said i had a lot lined up for season two i promise this is not mass minute planned last should i say anyways um so today's lesson is going to be on the second robin else most people would know him as red hood jason todd now Jason, um, most people are going to be familiar with Jason Todd if they grew up with the night in the nineties, not with the nineties. That makes no sense. Anyways, um, they're gonna know him as one of the few characters that you know remain dead because he was on that list uh, that would never be brought back, but he was eventually brought back. But we'll talk more about that as we go in we go on anyways so he is a dc character he works he is more associated with batman and he's also the second person to take on the role of robin and he's also the second and best known character to be known as red hood oops sorry stomach came up i do apologize anyways um so um so he making his first appearance in batman issue 357 in march of 1983 so just before christ's on infinite earth which would shape and change jason anyways um when we'll go into that when we get there um he was created to succeed dick grayson who was the original as the next robin now Initially, having a similar origin to Dick, he would be portrayed as a orphan street delinquent who he Batman would attempt to reform a mentor. However, although he was initially popular, the character that would be written by Jim Starlin. Jim Starlin, I've mentioned a few times on the podcast in the past. Um, he was not well-received by fans following the revamping of his origin by Max Allen Collins in Batman issues 408 and 409. And this negative reception would lead to DC holding a telephone pole in the now famous story in 1988 a death in the family and this would determine whether or not jason todd would die at the hands of joker or not joker is batman's probably worst enemy he paralyzed barbara he killed jason he's done all sorts of fucked up shit i hate <laughs> not i hate joker i do like jason todd <laughs> anyways um now the poll would end in a narrow majority of votes in favor of killing jason and this would result in his death and for the next about nearly i'm doing the math in my head 17 years i'm gonna say so 16 17 years um he would you know deal you know have batman would have this guilt over not being able to save jason letting him die you know not giving him too much training um because i feel 
in the continuity of the comics, he was probably Robin for about a year. Um, you know, he was there, then he was gone, and then Jim came along. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Jason would be dead from 1988 until 2005 and he would come back in the under the hood park and he would be known as the new red hood now under the hood if you've not read the book comics um it was basically a mystery we basically had this new we had this red hood and he was we didn't know who he was it was a complete mystery. People were like, oh, who's this? Uh, who could be under this hood? You know? So it was kind of like a guessing game. And I think to most, when it was revealed it was Jason, it was probably a big shock. Because at this time... um. We had another hero, you know, anti-hero who had been a sidekick that had died years earlier, Bucky. We've talked about Winter Soldier um, back in season one. You can go back and listen to that episode. Um, he had returned around the same time. So everyone was like, oh my god, what's with these returning characters that they said would stay dead? Anyways, um, I'm not sure that's how they felt about it, but... I think Pete, he was more popular as he was more popular as Red Hood. Um, <laughs> uh, so as Red Hood, he it would be this anti-hero who was not afraid to use lethal force and weapons. And since his return, he has operated as Red Hood and has stayed as Red Hood since. Now, we're going to kind of go into his publication history a bit because, as you know, he was kind of created to be a successor Um, so because Dick had left. They needed a replacement. Anyway, so by the name, by the time Len Wein, um, Len Wein, if you don't know, he's created a number of characters. Um, I'm trying to think of his most favorite. I don't know. Um, anyways... He's quite known in when it comes to comic books. Um, it is a name that should ring a bell. Um, he, by the time he would take over as editor of the Batman titles in 1982, Dick had largely moved on to becoming the leader of the Teen Titans at the time. And he was doing that in the new Teen Titans title. However, now with him not being featured in Batman comics, the disadvantages of telling Batman stories without him to sound as a sounding board for the protagonist became apparent. So Jason was created to replace him as Robin and he would debut in 357, as I mentioned. Um, He would... And he would make his full appearance in 525 in April of Detective Comics, in fact. Um, I said the wrong series, I do apologise. Um, he would make his full appearance there, but it wasn't until later in the year that he would appear as Robin in costume in Batman 366. I do apologise. 
um, in December of 1983 when he would show up towards the end of the story at the, that was being written in the book at the time to fight the Joker. So he, following Crisis on Infinite Earths, which he didn't have a big role to play in it, it's just things changed after Crisis on Infinite Earths that would lead to death in the family. Um, so... They would take the opportunity to reboot many of the properties and Jason would be revamped. And in the words of Dennis O'Neill, who would take over as Batman editor in 1986, the fans did hate him. I don't know if it was fan craziness. Maybe they saw him as usurping Dick Grayson's position. Some of the male response indicated that this was at least on some people's minds. And then this leads into the death, death in the family. Um, so in 1988, Dennis O'Neill, who had taken over as editor at this point, he suggested that an audience might be attracted to the comics by being the offered the opportunity to influence the creative process and setting on the idea of a telephone pole via a 1-900 number um it's american um british numbers work differently so this system did confuse me a bit when i researched it because you know i'm not american i'm a brit anyways um so using this poll he decided due to discussions with the president president at the time Jeanette Kahn that the poll should not be wasted on something insignificant and O'Neill would settle on using the poll to determine the fate of Jason Todd and he took and this is what he said the logical out candidate was Jason because we had reason to believe he was not that popular anyway it was a big enough stunt that we couldn't do with a minor character even though Jason Todd that's what he basically said but even though Jason Todd was unpopular with readers O'Neill could not decide what to do with the character so he opted to present the choice to the readers and the vote would be set up in the four-part story A Death in the Family which would be published between Batman 426 to 429 in 1988 and at the end of Batman 427 Jason would be beaten by the Joker and left to die in an explosion. Uh, pardon me, sorry about that. Um, the inside back number of the issue would list two one nine hundred numbers that voters could you call to vote for the character's death or survival. <laughs> now, within the thirty-six hour period allotted for voting, the poll received ten thousand six hundred and fourteen votes. The verdict would be in favour of the character's death, which was won by a slim 72-vote margin of 5,343 votes to 5,271. I'm misreading the numbers. I do apologise. It's kind of difficult because it is quite controversial the way it was went about like you know that they decided you should vote for whether this character should die or not i think that's wrong anyways um so in the next issue 
uh, Batman 4 for 28, it would feature Jason's death. Now, years later, O'Neill would say that it was possible that the hundreds of votes in the Jason dies line came from a single person. So, adding a large degree of uncertainty to the honesty of results regarding a poll designed to determine the character's popularity. So, this is what he said about it. Um, I heard it was one guy who programmed his computer to dial the thumbs down number every 90 seconds for eight hours who made the difference. And this... And he said this in an interview that was conducted by the writer Judd Winnick during the Under the Hood storyline. Um, this, I do think, I think it's interesting that if it is true that it was one person that voted hundreds of times, do I think it should have stand, stood? Um, no. <laughs> If they knew at the time, no. But if they knew later on, I don't know, you know. So anyway, so O'Neill would later repeat the claim, but with further specifics. I heard it was a lawyer who was using a Macintosh and lived in California. I obviously don't have hard information on this, but I heard someone out there programmed his computer to dial it every couple of minutes and there was this one, there was a, only about 65 votes that made the difference. If that story's true, that guy, that guy killed Jason Todd. Now, despite the poll results, O'Neill would know we did the deed and we got a blast of hate mail and a blast of negative commentary in the press. A few comic creators dis- voiced their displeasure at the event, including... The artist and writer Mike Franklin Miller, who had worked on Batman The Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One, and he said, to me, the whole killing of Robin thing was probably the ugliest thing I've ever seen in the comics, and the most cynical. However, DC stood behind the outcome of the poll, and O'Neill was quoted on the back cover of A Death in the Family, a trade paperback of it, collecting the story of Jason's death as saying it would be a really sleazy stunt to bring him back. Oh, he would later regret that comment because he would be brought back. Now, there was a certain degree of um, discontinuity between the Batman and Detective Comic titles with the regards of the portrayal of Jason. A great deal of adventures that occurred post-crisis which fitted with the circus acrobat era and in some cases ran simultaneously in Detective as the street kid origin was being laid out in Batman. This led to a blackout of almost any Robin appearances in Detective and this especially was apparent after his death and 11 months would pass before between his death in Batman 428 and the first mention of his death in Detective Comics issue 606. Now, a year later, I've done a Tim Drake episode, so you might know about this. 
that would happen a year later. So I did say Tim might come into... I don't think I mentioned Tim would come into this. Tim does come into this because of this. Um, so in 1989, Denny, Dennis O'Neill, Marv Wolfman and Pat Broderick, who were now working on the title... They would introduce Tim Drake as the third Robin. You can go back and listen to my Tim Drake book episode and you will kind of know this already about Tim, that he was created as a successor and that there was mindfulness because of the reception of Jason and that Tim would get a better introduction in their eyes, you know, and get the approval and everything. But even though... It would the death of Jason and the memory of him would actually play a big role in how Batman would train him and in the months building up to him officially being Robin because Tim. Um, I know this isn't the Tim episode, but I do need to bring this up because Jason's death would have an impact on the fact that we would you know how they would treat the next robin you know um because his death it can't hit hung a big shadow over the career of tim because tim was like i'm living up to these two jason died for the mantle dick was the first you know he looked up to both of them quite a bit you know because he was like what can i do to improve on it you know so anyways now going into 2003 into the storyline batman hush this a piece of art from the issue that was done by jim lee would circulate the in the internet the internet was in its early days in 2003 i was about one or two years old i was a baby so i don't remember this anyways and this would reveal the mystery villain hush who was in the who was the focus of Jim Lee and the writer Jeff Loeb's Hush storyline as a resurrected Jason and the following month's issue Batman 618 in October it would reveal that the appearance of Jason Todd was actually a ruse by the villain Clayface under the direction of the Riddler and Hush and Jeff Loeb would explain I always liked Jason like the idea that Batman had a Robin who died in the line of duty and how that would motivate anyone to continue their quest. It would also be the most recent, most painful thing he had to endure. That's why Hush played the card, to get inside J- Batman's head. But Hush wasn't just about Jason. Jason was a pawn to be moved around the table. If someone else wanted to tell a Jason, another Jason story or bring him back, and we at least open the door. That's great. Now, in 2005, the writer Judd Winnick would begin the Under the Hood storyline that would revolve around the mystery of the identity of the new Red Hood that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Um, so it was a big mystery as everything of who's this Red Hood, you know? Anyways, so the identity would be revealed as Jason in issue 338 
of Batman, and Winnick would explain that after the initial arc on the Batman title, he suggested doing something big to his editors. Specifically, he wanted to bring Jason back from the dead. And he said about this, I was less, I was less interested in the how, in the how and the why and the what of Jason told returning from the dead that I am about about what Jason's return would do to Batman now. Because it, at this point, he'd been dead for nearly 17, 16, 17 years. Tim had been Robin for about 16, 15, 16 years at this point. Because, as I mentioned, Tim didn't become Robin straight away. Um, so... It's kind of complicated there how long he'd been Robin at that point because of that, in you know, the incontinuity thing, um, which makes it difficult for me to, you know, calculate exactly. Anyways, so the explanation for Jason's return was revealed in Batman Annual 25 in 2006. And after a storyline in Nightwing that was part of the one year later event where Jason Todd would take the mantle of Nightwing for himself, the character would reappear in his Red Hood persona as one of the focal characters in DC's year-long countdown series that would begin in 2007. Well, the month of May, to be exact. I said this was complicated, and this is just his publication alone. Like, blimey, O'Reilly, imagine what his, like, actual comic book history is going to be like. This is probably going to be one of my longest episodes going, you know? And I've had a few long ones, you know? Anyways, um, so in the Batman VIP storyline... Wait, the follow-up, should I say? I do apologise. They happen so close and so much at the same time, it gets confusing. Anyways, um, in the sequel and the follow-up, it Batman's Battle for the Cow, Jason would be featured as a gun-wielding vigilante. And commenting on the, you know, direction and utilisation of Jason in this story... The writer and artist Tony Daniel would state that from this point on, Jason is a bona fide villain. At this point, Jason is beyond the point of no return in terms of ever being considered even remotely a hero. What I wanted to do here is put him in a place where that he can't come back from. The things that he does here in Battle for the Cow that can never really be forgiven. The only outcome would have to have been be imprisonment or something worse. But from this point on, for Jason and the grey the grey area between good and bad has disappeared. It was crystal clear at this point. He's on the dark side. Now, as I mentioned, um, J- Tim. Uh, yes, Tim is involved quite a bit in this. Um, I forgot how important Tim was in Jason. With Jason, they're not really interlocked because they didn't really meet until the two thousands. But apparently, they're important to each other. Anyways, um, so eventually taking up the Batman, or when Dick refused, 
and set off to fight Jason, who would easily defeat him. Dick would then come to the rescue and would refuse to believe Jason when he claimed he had killed Tim, who had not who he had not since the current Robin Damien, because at this point Damien was on the scene being Robin, because fuck you, Dick, you made him Robin. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. I ha- well, I don't have a Damien episode lined up just yet, but I think I'll make my feelings pretty clear when I do about how I feel about Damien. <laughs> Anyways, so the two would battle and Dick, Dick would eventually defeat Jason and he would, uh, who would say that he would be seen again. Now at this point he's part of different teams, he's part of the Outlaws, he do, has his own title in the 2010s, you know, he's he's around and everything. Um, so we're going to go into his fictional history because the publication history was a lot. Because obviously with everything that happened to Jason, it's going to be complicated, you know. So pre-crisis, because he, as I mentioned, he was created before Crisis on Infinite Earths. He originally actually had the very a very similar suit to Dick Grayson's Robin costume. Some say, oh, it's actually his costume. He's just wearing it. Um, I don't know if that's true. I can't confirm that. So before Crisis, you know, Jason was very similar to the to Dick Grayson and he had an origin very similar as well. And originally he was the son of circus acrobats by the name of Jason, Joseph Todd and Trina Todd, who was killed by a criminal named Killer Croc, and he would later be adopted by Bruce Wayne. Now, distinguished by his red hair, because apparently he had red hair this po- before Crisis. Pardon me, sorry, I burped off mic. I think I burped off mic. I do apologise if I did. Um. Anyways, so he would wear various pieces of you know, Dick's old childhood could disguises as costumes to fight crime until J- Dick presented him with a Robin costume of his own. And at this point, Jason would dye his hair black and later, and in later stories, he would blossom under, you know, Batman's tutelage, his guidance. And for a time, um, Natalia Knight, the criminal who known as... N- Nocturna, Tuna, Turner. I'm gonna go with Nocturna, Mistress of the Night, is a stabling influence in his life. She would become his surrogate mother, and she would even adopt a young Jason. And Catwoman would also be a frequent guest star during his er- this era, as she wrestled with the role of hero and a love interest for Batman, which led to clashes with the boy feeling left out. Now, during the Alan Moore story that took place in Superman Annual Number 11 for the man who has everything, Batman and Jason were joined to Wonder Woman at the Fortress of Solitude to celebrate Superman's birthday, not Batman's birthday. I don't know when Batman's birthday is. Anyways, um, they would arrive only to find Superman incapacitated 
by a mysterious creature, a Mongol there ready to battle them. And Jason, as Robin, he would save Wonder Woman, Superman and Batman from Mongol by unleashing the Mongol's own hallucination causing creature on the tyrant himself. And Jason would also tackle the drug problem in his school, hauling in the local, local dealers who were muscled up with Two-Face. And one of the more memorable moments in this era would take place in, you know, Detective Comics 569, when Jason, when Batman forbid, <laughs> forbade Jason from using the holy puns. Um... The holy puns basically come from the Batman 66 show. Um, I don't know much about that show because I wasn't born yet, you know. So, anyways, we're going to go into post-crisis Jason. So, following the revamp, you know, because of crisis, um, he was recast as a young street orphan who first encountered Batman while trying to steal the tires off the Batwheel in Crime Alley. I nearly said Valley. I do apologise which was the very place where Batman's parents were murdered years before. And as the son of Catherine and Willis Todd, Jason lived on the east end of Gotham in the Park Road district known as Crime Alley. And his mother was a drug addict who died of a overdose sometime before he began living on the streets. Willis, who was a former medical student, he worked as hired muscle for Two-Face and he had disappeared suspiciously following a botched assignment. Um, And Bruce would see to it that Jason would be placed in a school for troubled youths, which turned out to be Margun's school for crime. And Jason would earn the mantle a short while later, as I mentioned. He didn't, I don't think he got much training. I didn't see it. Um, He didn't, apparently he had six months of training, according to continuity. Um, He would help apprehend the gang of thieves. Um, He wouldn't wear the costume, as I mentioned, until six months during into his training. And Batman would note that Jason didn't possess Dick Grayson's natural athleticism and acrobatic skills but he could become a productive crime fighter by channeling his inner rage and he also believed that if he didn't help the boy um jason would eventually become part of the criminal element and it was later established in during infinite crisis that superboy prime was responsible for the changes on Jason Todd's origin and the character and character when he inadvertently created hypertime lines. I am not going to explain what hypertime is because uh, to be honest, I don't have a clue. <laughs> Anyways, so in this revamp era, he would be portrayed as the rebel Robin, which was reflective of the late 80s of youth culture, he smoked, he swore, he fought authority, he was prone to defying Batman's orders, sometimes to success, you know, bringing in the Scarecrow single-handedly, for example, and sometimes as a failure, which would botch a raid on a drug lab by jumping the gun too soon. And he would also aid Batman while Gotham was overrun by Deacon Blackfire, which was shown in Batman the Cult. Now, the most controversial moment prior to his death 
would actually take place, I think it's a couple of issues before. It takes place in 424 of the Batman run, um, where the serial rapist Felipe Gazanas, um, it's not an English name, so I do apologise, um, so I do apologise if I do get it wrong, you know, the pronunciation. Now, he got, he escaped prosecution due to his father's diplomatic immunity, you know, and one of his victims, the girl by the name of Gloria, she would hang herself amid a threat, the threat of a third rape from Felipe. And Jason believed, you know, discovered her hanging, and she, he would make a beeline for Felipe ahead of Batman, who arrived just in time to see Felipe take a 22-story fall to his death with Jason on the edge of the balcony. Well, Jason maintained, I guess I spooked him. He slipped. This highlighted an earlier exchange in Batman 422 where he, where he used excessive force on a pimp about to slash one of his working girls. And Jason would ask Batman if it would be a big loss if they had killed him. But it would be left ambiguous whether he killed him or not. Now, in the next issue, they would be challenged by Felipe's father, who would kidnap Commissioner Gordon in retaliation for his son's death. Um, he, Batman would be instructed to meet the kidnappers at a city junkyard and to bring Robin along the way. But J- Batman did not want to bring Jason. He wanted to leave this information from him. However... Jason sensed something was wrong and hid in the Batmobile's trunk as Batman headed to the junkyard. And there, Batman was so unable to reach Gordon because he was surrounded by Gonzalez's men. And Jason would intervene, saving Batman from a close call. And a machine gun fire would break out and Gordon would be injured in the arm at the same time. And all the men, henchmen died and the and Gonzanez would be crushed by a pile of junk cars. Now we're kind of going. We're going to go into his death because we went into the behind the scenes of why he was killed. You know, so this is what built up to it in the what what took place in the comic. So in the a death in the family storyline, Jason would discover that Catherine Todd was not his mother, and he would run away to find the woman that actually gave birth to him. And following a couple of leads, he, including a Israeli Mossad agent and Shiva Wunsan, who is also known as Lady Shiva, he would finally track down his biological mother, Sheila Haywood, to Ethiopia, where she worked as an aid worker. Now, while Jason was overjoyed to be reunited with his real mother, he would soon discover that she was actually being blackmailed by the Joker who was using her to provide him with medical supplies. Now, Sheila herself had been embezzling from the aid agency, and as part of the cover-up, she handed over her own son, having arrived as Joker Robin, over to the Joker, and he would beat Jason brutally with a crowbar, and he would leave him and Sheila in a warehouse with a time bomb, 
and they would try desperately to get out of the warehouse, but they were still inside as the bomb went off. And Batman arrived too late to save them, and he would find his lifeless body in the rubble. But Sheila would live just long enough to tell Batman that Jason died trying to protect her, and the bodies would be taken back to Gotham for burial. Now, Jason's death would haunt Batman. And he considered it his biggest failure. You know, his greatest failure. And he keeps it as his uniform on display in the Batcave as a reminder. I think... Which I think is why Tim Drake looked up to Jason so much. Because he saw that uniform and he was like... He sacrificed his... You know, he gave up his life being Robin. He gave up his life trying to save people. You know? Anyways, so the Joker, on the other hand, he would occasionally remind Batman over this failure and this loss to torment him. And as a result, Batman would become reckless and more violent in his grief. He would go darker in character without compromising his morals and ethics. And he would also struggle with the temptation to kill the Joker, since, and rather knowing that someone else commit it without him knowing otherwise, he would then have to save the Joker out of him, himself out of duty. And at one point, when a maddening cop somehow managed to get one of Batman's costumes and disguises him to shoot a Joker on the, in the face, the real Batman would throw the root wounded Joker to a pile of trash out of frustration. After learning that his enemy would survive. So, Jason's death really played heavy on the legacy of Robin. Um, But I'll discuss that more when I get into discussion. um, Which Katie will be joining me for. Um, Anyways, um, so, with his return from the grave, which would happen years later. Now, while trying to discover the identity of a mysterious figure that was plotting against him... Which was harsh. Little did they know. Jay- Batman would discover that Tim Drake, who is Jason's successor as Robin, had been kidnapped. He confronted the kidnapper and he discovered that it was apparently a adult Jason standing at his own desecrated gravesite and wearing a redesigned and darker version of his Robin costume. But he would subdue this mysterious Jason and discover it was just Clayface impersonating him. And he w- concluded that Jace- Jason's greater physical age was to hide the flaws in Clayface's impersonation by allowing him to m- partially mimic Nightwing's combat skills. However, Jason's body was actually missing from its grave. And it would later would be revealed that he actually did die at the hands of the Joker. However, when Superboy Prime, you know, altered reality from the paradise dimension that he'd been trapped in since, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, which we kind of talked about in the Crisis on Infinite Earths episode, um, his conscious against the barriers of reality would be keeping him from the rest of the universe, causing temporal ripples that created an overlap of parallel timelines. Which was also called Hypertime, which I said I'm not going into because it's complicated in itself. Jason would be restored to life as he was meant to survive the Joker's assaults, break out of his coffin, and is eventually hospitalised. Because he wandered so far from his grave before his discovery, 
No connection was ever drawn between the two events. And Jason would never show up on many missing persons reports as he was never missing. Nor can he be identified since no prints are on file for him. And after a year in a coma and subsequently another year in a, as an amnesiac vagrant, he was taken in by Talia Al Ghul after a small-time crook recognised him as Robin due to his combat skills. On I do apologise that. For some reason, my audio cut out. I think my mic started playing up again. Um. Anyway, so continuing from where I it stopped recording on me, he was recognised as Robin due to his combat skills on the streets. Now, Talia would take in Rob to Jason out of her love for Batman while her father Roz was, you know, interested in the secret behind his resurrection. And the League of Assassins would track and eliminate anyone in Go- everyone in Gotham who knew of Jason's return and his resurrection to prevent Batman from ever finding out. They also interrogated Joker's henchmen who were with him during Jason's murder in hopes to find out how the boy could have survived. And Talia later would restore Jason's health and memory by immersing him in a Lazarus pit in which her father was also bathing and helped him escape the house of Al Ghul. And it was also, you know, suggested by Raz that the power of the pit resulted in Jason's mental instability and he would refer to Jason as a curse and a pestilence unleashed on the planet saying that madness that may affect him for hours months or decades now using the money from talia and infuriated by her statement that he remains unavenged jason would pay a group of mercenaries to help him return to gotham and upon arriving back in gotham he enacted a plan to get revenge on batman who he resented for refusing to kill the joker and you know revenge his death now he had some lost days after his you know resurrection he would create a false arms trafficking of advanced military arsenal knowing that batman would respond this also would provide jason opportunity to plant a bomb beneath the map meal while batman was on a stakeout for the arms deal and Batman would enter the car, and he would be at Jason's mercy. And he had the detonator in hand. However, Jason realised that if he went through with it, his former mentor would never know about his return, nor the identifier of his killer. So Jason instead decided to kill Batman directly by travelling across the globe in search of a similar but deadlier type of training to Batman's own, you know, Bruce's own, to prepare for the day he did. Now, for years, Jason would learn various skills from various masters, assassins, mercenaries and aviators around the globe, which would include guns, poisons and antitoxins, martial arts, acrobatics and bomb making now upon learning that the man training him was in lethal combat is also the leader of a child sex slave ring he would free the latest shipment of children and take them to a local embassy then return to the training compound and poison his new mentor for his crime now upon being questioned by talia 
Jason would say that it was not murder, but it rather he put down a reptile. And he has since repeated the same pattern of killing his teachers when finding them guilty after he's finished with his training. Now, during this journey, he would find out about Tim. He'd find out Tim had replaced him. Uh, it would further torment him because he was angry that Batman kept hiring Robins even after his death. You know, the fact that... I think I'd be the same if I was in Jason's shoes. I do think... I do agree with the point about why should he keep, you know, bringing in more Robins. Anyways, so... In this time as well, he would learn that the man teaching him bomb-making was involved in a Russian mafia-backed deal meant to push the resources of British law enforcement away from mob crime and onto Islamic extremist terrorism with a framed bombing plot. And Jason would manage to hunt down the gang and safely detonate the bombs. However... <laughs> the only surviving member of this gang would offer Jason the possibility of a large government payday in exchange for his life because he knows that a very wanted man is where a very wanted man is. And that wanted man would turn out to be the Joker. Now, learning of the Joker's arm deal for in Los Angeles for another terrorism scheme against Gotham Jason would begin to stalk the villain as a master assassin, and after successfully capturing the Joker, who failed to recognise him due to being him being older, Jason would contemplate burning his killer alive after dosing him with gasoline. Yes, Jason is that... Cr well, I wouldn't say crazy. I don't know how to word it. He's that angry, I'd say about everything that's happened i don't blame him in a way um anyways so however jason would realize he just does not simply want joker to die but desires to punish the villain with batman and jason would spare the joker and decide to wait for the right opportunity but jason would also admit to talia that he had already deduced that the reason she finances his training is to stall him from killing Batman, but he has no desire to kill Batman anymore. So Talia would then give Jason the idea to be the Batman that Gotham needs. So basically, he's trying to do somewhat similar to Jean-Paul Valley, who we talked about last episode. Um, anyways, so she would also hire the same carpenters that built Jason's casket and have them build a replica of it. The, de the original was destroyed and beyond repair after Jason, you know, came out of it. So, Jason would enter into a pack with Hush and the Riddler. So, that's kind of how he is involved in Batman Hush. So, this would confirm to Hush and that Riddler is correct that Bruce is Batman. And as Rush, Hush, Riddler and Jason collaborated... Uh, Jason initially confronted Batman at his gravesite, but Jason would then switch places with Clayface in order to observe Batman from afar. Now, when Batman was expressed no remorse for sparing Joker's life after the second Robin was killed, Jason was even mad, more mad, and he took up his murderer's original mantle. You know, if you don't know anything about 
Joker, he was actually known as Red Hood for a time in, I believe, the Golden Age. Now, after a she initiated a takeover for of cord injury industries, nearly said injuries, I do apologise, industries, which Ted Cordley Beetle had been in charge of. Um, for, she did this as a gift for him. She would hit gift him the flame dagger which was a replica of the one that Raz often carried and the red helmet which would become his signature weapon and mask now we're going to go into the red hood of it all because we've talked about when he came back his time as Robin you know but anyways um so a Batman wearing not a Batman wearing a Robin bearing mask was found in the Batmobile which never belonged to Be- Dick or Jim, but is of the style of the mask that Jason wore as Robin, which had suggested that he'd been stalking Batman. And after, not long after the events of war games and just before war crimes, Jason resurfaced as the Red Hood in Gotham, and he would hijack a shipment of kryptonite from Black Mask, and in the midst of a battle with Batman, Nightwing and Mr. Freeze. Red Hood would give them the Hikaritonite back and tell them that he has gotten what he truly wanted. A lay of the land. I don't know what that means, so I'm not even going to try and explain what on earth that could mean. Because, to be frankly honest, that could literally mean anything. You know. Anyways, um, so, shortly after this, Red Hood would find the Joker, who had been driven out of Gotham by Hush at this point, and he would beat him with the crowbar, just as Joker had done to him. Now, despite the violence of the beating, he would spare Joker's life, intending to use him later against Batman. Now, Jason, as Red Hood, would assume control over several gangs in Gotham and start a one-man war against Gotham... Not Gotham... Against Black Mask's criminal empire. Overall, he strives to take over Bat- Gotham's gangs. I keep, it keeps for some reason, for my my mind keeps thinking Batman instead of Gotham. I'm like, no, 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 no. Anyways, so he would control their activities and to kill Joker in revenge for his own death. And is in in his new role as Gotham's most powerful crime lord. He report repeatedly comes it to blows with. Batman and several of his allies. Now, after several re- confrontations, Batman would become obsessed with the possibility of resurrection from the dead, suspecting that it was really Jason he fought, and he would seek advice from allies such as Superman and Green Arrow. Both of them had died and returned to life at some point. Both of them in the 90s, but yeah, I point out. But anyways, that it's not that lesson. <laughs> anyways, so... Around the same time, Batman would discover that the empty coffin that was buried at Jason's gravesite was a replica of what he bought. And after a series of tests confirmed that it is Jason, he remains keeping his Robin costume in its memorial display case in the Batcave regardless. But when Alfred Pennyworth asked if the, once the costume removed... He sadly, Batman sadly replied that the return of Todd doesn't change anything at all because of wanting to remember Jason as he was when they first met. 
and in guilt of how violent he had become. Now, this is where Jason and Tim technically meet for the first time. Because acting on his obsession with Tim, Jason would break into Titan's tower and he would confront Tim. And this was how they first met. Was by Jason trying to beat him up. Was by Jason beating Tim up. Poor Tim. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, he would return, you know, reveal the truth of their encounter at the cemetery to his successor. And having learned that Tim had defeated the Joker by himself in their first fight, Jason seeks to best him in combat. And wearing another version of his spobbing costume... Oh no, this just makes me stop taking him seriously at this point. Anyways, so he would quickly immobilise the other Teen Titans and strike Tim down in the the tower's Hall of Fallen Titans because he was furious that no memorial statue was made for him. Despite him only being a Titan for a short amount of time, he demanded that Tim tell him if he was really as good as Jason had been told. And Tim said yes, and he passed out. And as he left, he teared the art emblem from Tim's chest, though he would later grudgingly admit that he was a worthy successor. And he was also left wondering if perhaps he would have been a better Robin and a better person if he had had a life like Tim's and friends like the Titans. Now... He would eventually kidnap and hold Joker hostage again, luring Batman to Crime Alley, the site of their first meeting. Now, despite their now antagonistic relationship, Batman would reasonably, you know, desperately try to want to help Jason and intended to atone for his own failures. And when Jason asked Batman why he's not avenged his death by killing Joker, a psychopath who has murdered countless people and crippled one of their best friends, uh, go back and read Batman the Killing Joke if you don't know what I'm talking about. When I say when they, he mentioned about the crippling of one of their best friends, he would argue that Batman should have done it because he took me away from you. And Batman would admit that he has often been tempted by the thought of taking the Joker somewhere private to torture for weeks before finally killing the maniac. But says that he refuses to go to that place. But Jason would then offer a ultimatum to Batman. He will kill Joker unless he kills Jason first. You know, Batman. And holding J- Joker at gunpoint, he would throw a pistol to Batman and continue and begin to count to three while standing behind Joker. And this would only leave him with, you know, one option. It would just leave him with a headshot, you know, if he wanted to stop Jason's pulling the trigger. And at the last minute, he threw the batarang at Jason, which bounced off a pipe and sunk into his neck, which would cause him to drop his gun. And Joker would take advantage, and he would detonate you know explosives nearby that would engulf the platform and send them plunging into the bay so basically after this he would you know he'd been the right wing for a bit but i don't really want to talk about that because that's quite complicated and it's a bit weird in itself and he'd you know become redwood again after all that he would kidnap mia did and speedy who you know she he would you know keep you know 
being a criminal, keep killing people, you know, because she he wanted Mia to dissolve her partnership with Green Arrow because she, he felt they were similar, that they were cast down by society and at odds with their mentors, and the two would fight while Jason discussed the insanity of heroes for placing child sidekicks in danger. And this discussion would leave Mia deeply troubled, and she would ultimately decide to remain with Green Arrow. And, you know, he, at the start of count, you know, a lot happens, you know, he'd attempt to help, he'd attempt to, you know, you do a lot of things in between this, you know, he even became Red Robin for a time during the countdown story. He, he did a lot, you know. It's, he was even the Batman during Battle of the Cow, but he, he was the one that looks like a practical armoured figure. He, had, he looked scary, man. I didn't like that costume at all. I really hated it. But anyways, again, trying to kill Tyrion. He'd fight him. He'd fight Dick. He did all sorts. So he's just bouncing around after that, but, you know, he would be in the day 52, he'd be in the, you know, DC Rebirth, um, so we're going to go into his skills and ability, because, let's be honest, his history is quite complicated, and I think I'd be here all night trying to explain every single bit of his history, um, anyways, so, to become Robin... Jason was trained by Bruce, just as Dick had been rigorously trained. And he was rigorously trained in acrobatics, detective work, strategy, and and art martial arts. And after his resurrection, he'd expand on his training by learning from people on the same caliber as those who trained Batman. And he'd become, you know, more highly skilled in the aforementioned field by the time he reached adulthood. And Jason's fighting style emphasizes brutality, speed, and strength, incorporating Aikido, Capoeira, I do apologize if I pronounce some of these wrong, Karate, Kickboxing, Krav Maja, Muay Thai, Ninjutsu, Savate, Sale, and Taekwondo. And with an extensive knowledge of Batman's tactics, he can anticipate most of his mentor's actions and counter them. And through Talia's access to court industries, as well as being Lex Corp's, you know, former CEO, he has access to high-level civilian and military-grade weaponry, including firearms such as pistols, machine guns, shotguns, etc., he also has access to explosives, rocket launchers, and advanced computer equipment and gadgetry. However, his dagger, which resembles a Chris and a replica of one of Razal Ghouls, is nice. It still remains as his preferred weapon of choice for hand-to-hand combat. It can cut through Batman's armor and arsenal. Having been trained in the use of Batman's parangs in perfect aim, he has some lethally sharpened shurikens based on his former weapons mentors designs as throwing weapons now as mentioned with the firearms and in addition to using batarangs he's also taught by batman in the use of firearms in training comparable to law enforcement agencies requirements such as the police departments 
or the Federal Bureau of Investigations. In other words, the FBI. Um, so, as required for crime fighting as forensics, despite not using this skill typically when he was robbing. And to hone his disability, he went a step further than Batman on his journey around the world to learn from masters on how to kill a target with different types of guns. Now, his weapons of choice are a pair of customised IWI Jericho 940s, which are actually fitted with extra Picatinny rails and mini red dot sights. So that's basically it for Jason Todd. So before I get into my discussion with Katie, um, I would like to recommend some stories. Um, so for my for recommended reading, my first recommended book, I'm going to go for Batman Under the Hood. Um, you know the resurrection of Jason. We see him finally come back you know we see you know we see a different side to jason where he basically um you know you see him as an adult you see what the damage of what joker did to him had done to him and you see him with this vengeance to you know try and get you know justice for what happened to him even though he is so you know, driven by revenge, which is quite sad, um, because I agree, yes, it shouldn't have been him, it shouldn't have, if it, if it was gonna have, you know, kill them like they did, I think it's wrong, because it's like, what the hell were you thinking doing that, anyway, so, um, so for my next recommended reading, I'm also going to go for uh, this is tough because there's so many, and he doesn't have many good ones as Robin, um. But I'm actually going to go for the book that he would die in. I'm going to go for Death in the Family. I know most people are like, but Beth, that's controversial, but. It's what Jason's probably most famous for, other than his return as Red Hood. Um, I don't think I have any more... Re- I think I've only got the two, unfortunately, because I've not read much Jason Todd. I knew he existed, but I've not read much of him, you know. So I've just gone with the two most obvious. So I do apologise if you expected a bit more from this episode from me. Um, so join me for discussion with Katie about Red Hood and then stick around for the summer tweet and until next time, bye! Hello and welcome to discussion and as you know this week's discussion is going to be on Jason Todd, most probably better known as Red Hood. Love a bit of Red Hood me. He looks a bit like Deadpool. (laughs) I, I prefer him over Deadpool. <laughs> That's not hard. Controversial. That's not hard, though. No. I love Jason Todd, personally. <laughs> I'm not exactly wearing the most appropriate shirt today. I do no. apologise. Katie was like, Beth, what on earth are you wearing? <laughs> Why are you wearing that knowing that we're doing Jason Todd? <laughs> I got a right dirty look off Katie when she found out. <gasps> Never give you a dirty look. Never. So, anyways, for discussion-wise, mm. um, 
You researched Jason Todd because you mm. you knew the name. Yeah. From the, I think the saying, there's only three characters that stay dead. Yes. Bucky, Jason Todd, and Uncle Ben. Yeah. Should that saying just be scrapped? Uncle Ben. Wouldn't it be great if Uncle Ben came back? He's back. He's been brought back in alternate universes, but like Is in the main universe. Main universes? Was he a badass? I don't know. Or was he just Uncle Ben? Uncle Ben, as far as I'm aware, yeah. When you say Uncle Ben, does it make you hungry? I don't actually like rice. Uncle Ben's rice. Even the cooking sauces? No. Oh, it makes me hungry. I don't like the sauces and that, (gasps) personally. How could you? Not that I don't like Uncle Ben, the character. I just don't (laughs) like the food Uncle Ben's. If you love Uncle Ben, you have to love his cooking. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even him cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, um... Mm. You, me and you have both only known him as Red Hood because he was yeah. Robin before I was born. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was dead for most of the time you were growing up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And we only knew him as this myth, yeah. if you will. Yeah. That loomed over Tim Drake's career. Mm. Jim Drake, if you don't know, is the third Robin, the mm. one that finally got the pants. Jason Todd had to wear the booty shorts, basically. There is a picture. Kate found a picture and she was like, oh my God, how did he not freeze? I mean, it's just not practical, is it? Exactly. I mean, I know there's nothing to restrict you, but there's nothing to protect. Do you think, like, his death would have stood today if, you know, the controversy that's came out since about the way things... The, his death was voted for apparently telephone it was, yeah the mm. way apparently this one guy rigged it did, to, did he that rig he rigged, it <gasps> not rigged it in favor but like he rigged so that his phone could ring every so often uh, to vote for him to die do you think his death would have stood today no if that had if that had happened now Actually, and not back in 1988 well i actually that's quite interesting because they said that his character was they said not well received, and yet they said the vote was really close. So he was popular. Too margin they vote. Well, they said on the thing that it was like some some contradict each other. Some say seventy two, some say a hundred odd. So it's a bit confusing which one's correct. I I agree. I think. But do you think it would have? It wouldn't. And do you know why it wouldn't? Because they just wouldn't do that. I think nowadays. I don't think I think do with how much wrong. controversy it yeah. caused, I don't think they'd be allowed to do it today. But also, what do you think about that? That idea that DC went, hey, readers, we want to know if you, if you want us to kill off this character, so phone this number and let us know. I wasn't born, so... I what do you think about that idea, that concept? As someone that has been... That was... A couple of years old when Jason finally came back, mm. which I'm so glad he did. Yeah. Because I love him as Red Hood. Yeah. Just saying. I, I have a soft spot for Jason Todd. Oh, <laughs> Not hello. in that well. It's the well, legs, isn't it? It's no. the legs. You it. Did, he was Robin before <laughs> I was born. It's just... He's old enough to be your father. No! <laughs> no, it's just the fact that he's so, you know... Yeah. He's cool. troubled. Drug um, history. Yeah. yeah. Tackling drugs in this one. That's what yeah. I mean. He's he's got a lot of baggage, and in a way, that baggage, you know, mm. held him back from being the best that he could be, mm. probably. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he was in the shadow of the previous Robin, Dick Grayson, Never and he helped. still tried his best, yeah. even though he was hated. Yeah. You know, I think makes him interesting in a way that mm. it doesn't make Tim because mm. Tim. 
Tim was probably your Robin growing up probably, in the 90s. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah. The one with the trousers, finally. <laughs> Someone saw sense. Someone, yeah. why did it take until Tim to, to knock some sense into the Batman creators? Because it I do took not. until the 90s. That's why they were still clinging on to it the, was the 60s, late 80s 70s. When, it was the Everything. late 80s when Tim became Robin, technically. I think fashion just moved forward. They were just like, like, just hey. give this poor boy some pants. And yeah, even like, if it's took, him. <laughs> even though it's took until the third Robin, just give him some pants, for goodness sake. I love how they were like, probably in a meeting, brainstorming, they were like, how can we make him look different? And someone went, what Give him pants? some pants. And they went, oh my God, that's a great idea. And they were like, mind blown. <laughs> I just love that. Yeah. Because <laughs> they say he was basically Dick's costume, which is quite sad. And I was like, give him his own costume, man. Yeah, definitely. I think every character, even if it's a legacy character, should have its own unique I agree. costume. Yeah. I agree, because well, we, I've mentioned Wally, and mm. he had Barry's costume at first. It took him a couple of years to get his own costume. Yeah. And it took him over a decade to be like, he's the fastest man alive. Yeah. Like, oh, this is not the Wally episode. I do apologise. No, but we're comparing. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. But I it's sad. But, like, do you think we'll ever see Jason Todd in live action? Oh, it depends if people want a Robin. Do you know what they could do? They could do a series. I don't know if he's strong enough. See, the old Batman films, they probably made when you were either just born or just before uh, i think the films where they did have a robin was before yeah batman forever was 95 yeah batman yeah. and robin was 97 i was born in 01 so it was good just a that's bit. impossible oh so one is five just, years ago wow it's just before i was born so well, you see they brought robin in then and i don't think people really care I don't I don't think it helped with the direction it went in. Yeah, I'm not I, sure. Because it felt like it wasn't just one Robin. It felt like an al- amalgamation, if you mm. will. You know, a mixture. You think Robins. they tried to take all of them and put it in one? Yeah. The suit was rubbish. Did you see I, the outfit? Yes, I did not like the suit at all. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> it's I, rubbish. I... I it's, is it bad that I actually liked Batman and Robin as a child? No, not as No, well. it's one of those where I loved as a child, but when I got older, I w- watched it again, and I was like, what on earth? Mm. Why did I like this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, this is what happens, isn't it? We've all done it. There'd always would be something as a kid, like a TV show or a film, and you'd be like, I love this film. And then you watch it again when you're in your 20s, or whatever, and you go, what What was wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only one good thing I had going for me was I had, like, classic Disney movies. I didn't have that. You didn't. You, had, you were 2000, baby, so you had all the crap that came through. Yeah, I, yeah, would, you did. I didn't... I can't name many good Disney movies no. in the 2000s. No. You see, I remember watching a film called Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I've never seen <gasps> it. Right, in theory, Beth, it should be rubbish when you think we're of going off topic was. here we do apologize yeah, but, no, sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back in 20 seconds but um, <laughs> it was rub- if you think about the um cgi and all that it should be rubbish and yet it's epic i watched it last year it was brilliant so anyway uh, so you don't fit so maybe maybe be we see taste i think we mainly i don't think we'll see him as robin no you think you're gonna see him as i think he'd i think would they to go for, for him being red hood because yeah. i don't think there's enough He's too much like Dick, in a way, yeah. because it'd be like it'd be like recreating another Dick if we went for the Jason yeah. Todd Robin. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think he'd be more interesting as Red Hood because you yeah. know he's that, 
He's that part of the Bat family. He toes the same line as Jean-Paul Valley, as we discussed last week. Jean-Paul, yeah. Who we said he'd probably get on pretty well with. Oh, yeah, they'd be besting, I think, yeah. Well, considering they both hate Tim Drake. <laughs> I think they'd get on well. <laughs> no, they literally, he, the first time he met Tim, he yeah. beat him up in the Titans oh, that's Tower. Fair play. that's fair He play. beat him up because he was like, you replaced me? Are you kidding me? <gasps> that's no way to make friends, is it? But... Do you, do you think they should have got rid of the Robin Man or after the death of Jason? Probably. Because I think there's only so many times you can regenerate a character. Because we've had... How many we have? In canon, four. Right. Because we ha- we've had Tim and Damien since. Imagine. Damien's the son of Bat. The Bat, if you don't know who Damien Wayne is. Yeah. Right, answer me this question. Right, Beth. Mm-hmm. I come to you, I'm Batwoman, and I say... I have a sidekick, and her name is uh, uh, Blue Jay, right? <laughs> I think I'm a bird, right? That sounds like, like that would be Nightwing's yeah, sidekick of anything. Like that, right? And you go, first off, you're like, that's great. And I go, yeah, 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 you'd be the fourth. Is there not a part of you that go, well, what happened to the other, other three? three? Oh, oh yeah. well, don't worry about that. Well, they just died, don't worry about it. Would I'd you be... want to take on the role knowing that the previous three had died? I think Tim felt that responsibility. I, I know this isn't the Tim Drake lesson, yeah. but Tim Drake's got a big part in this because he yeah. is the Robin that came after Jason. Yeah. And the impact Jason's death, I think, had on the Robin mantle yeah. is massive. Right, okay. Because it made Batman more cautious. He didn't let Tim be Robin for about two, three years. He mm. put him under so much training yeah. before he could become Robin. Yeah. Whereas they have said that it's, he only trained Jason for about six months, roughly, mm. in canon. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't even Robin for that long. And it no. was quite like, well, what was the point of that? Some people think it was an inside job. I was like, don't be silly. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it was like, it, I just don't think it would work yeah. if it was. Okay. Because it'd be like, where the hell was Batman then in all of this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think... Jason is the reason we didn't really see... Well, we still got saw sidekicks. Mm. But I think after Jason, they should have been like, no more sidekicks. You know, Donna Stanley in the Silver Age and been like, no more sidekicks. Yes. You know? Just main characters. Yeah, because nobody should be putting a kid in danger. (laughs) You know? No. I think... Because I think Jason's death should have been a lesson, yeah. you know, to the other heroes. Even though nobody, I don't think many knew that Jason was dead. Right. It okay. was one of those, I think it was a hush-hush secret. <gasps> and it was like, secret. yeah, like a, if it came out, it'd be a scandal. <gasps> and it was like, who is giving him these kids? <laughs> <laughs> who is giving Bruce these kids? <laughs> Considering that, like, Bruce Wayne, like, funded an orphanage and things like that, surely, like, the IRA in America is going to get involved and be like, look, right, we've noticed you're funding orphans and we've noticed some are going missing and we've noticed that we just don't know where some end up. So, don't be around kids, Batman. Yeah. Why didn't Alfred just go, Master Bruce? Do you think that's why he left? Maybe. Because he was sick of the kid thing. Maybe he was just like, Master Bruce, please, (laughs) stop putting these kids through shit. (laughs) I can just uh, picture Alfred just being so done with Bruce, being like, why? 
Why all these kids? I'm not a nanny. I'm not a nanny. I did it with you. That was enough. I needed a holiday after you. (laughs) I do apologise. I'm coming down with a cold. Are you? Yeah, so I sound a bit... Being like, you'd put a thicker sn- coat on. Snuffly and bit. I know it's fashion forward and everything. Yeah, but, but you can at least do with a scarf. Yeah, but I, I'm coming a bit. My sister had a, has a cold, that, oh, so yeah, she gave it me. Pass it round. She's oh. being a little monster and passing it around. <gasps> I do apologise, Holly, if you are listening. You should give her to Batman. He's sort of <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she'd deal with she it. She could become pigeon or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, What's go. with the name Robin, though? Robin, yeah, why Robin? Why was the name Robin? I don't actually know. I think it's silly. Do you reckon it was just they put sticky notes on the wall? Do you prefer wall? Jason as... I know you didn't read too much Jason. Hmm. Um, do you prefer him as Red Hood, though? Because yeah, I think because he's, he's such a badass as well. Yeah, I love it when a character goes badass. You know I me. Mean? It's like, oh my god, I was. I think because I didn't know he was Robin because because you know my yeah. age. Yeah. I I knew that he'd been dead. Yes. I knew he'd been a Robin. Yes. So when he did come back, I was like, oh my god, who is this? Yeah. Because I think what well, the way they did it in the animated film because they did make an animated version of the storyline when he came back. Yeah. I think they did it. I think the way they went around it was wrong. I yeah. think they should have left it like the mystery it was in the gr- comic. Yeah. You know where they were like, oh, who is this red hood? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not been like, oh, it's this guy. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like a that just felt like a giant middle finger. You know. Yeah. To the comics, it was like a massive fuck you. <laughs> I was like, no. Right, imagine no. now, though. Let's say this. Let's say Marvel come along and go, hey, guys, so we're not sure what to do. Let's use Black Widow, because we all know that, like, Captain America would never have been a, yeah, kill him off. Let's say Black Widow. Mm-hmm. We're gonna. We're thinking of killing her off. Vote online. How do you think that would go down in today's world if we were like, hey, everyone, pick what happens to this character? I don't... F- I think it'd be unpopular because I think they'd look at the history of, like, what happened with Jason. There's controversy that yeah. happened with Jason and they'd be like, are you insane? Mm. No. Yeah. I think it'd be an uproar because they'd be like, well, the way things... You went around doing it with Jason, mm. they'd be like, uh, are you sure that's a good idea? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? How do we know someone's not going to rig their phone to ring every so often and do all this? Yeah. And, you know, it, how do you know it's going to be a fair vote? Yeah, I agree with you on that. Do you think sometimes now, then, that's why people like Marvel and DC, now they make a decision and it's tough. Like when Black Widow died, we yeah. were all pretty mad. And the only thing that, like, was the silver lining was the fact that they were like, oh, don't worry, she's getting her own film. Oh, don't worry, we might add another Black Widow into the mix as well. Yelena. Yelena. Ooh, I'm, I'm not mad about. I like Yelena. I've already done a Yelena lesson. Yeah, <laughs> I think people forget, though, that like Scarlett Johansson has had a second kid. Has she? Yes. I didn't even know she had kids. She literally announced she was pregnant and then popped it out about three days later. It was epic. I didn't even know that. She, I didn't even know she was, had kids. Yeah, she's got two. I did not know that. And realistically, how long can Scarlett Johansson go as Black Widow? Or how could, how long could she have gone, you know? With kids? Well, just in, with her age and, and all of that. I think that's probably why most... Have you heard about what Chris Hemsworth's come out and said? He said <gasps> the diminishing interest in four, he's not sure if he will carry on. Really? Yeah. That's a bit preemptive though, because his film's not come out yet. 
but he feels that with the diminishing interest, because we are getting a lady for us, you know. We're going off yeah. subjects, I do apologise. Oh, we're all right. It's but it's like, yeah. when you think of, well, it does tie in in a way of, like, if you make these big decisions, what's the point of bringing him, do you think they should have brought Jason back? After the controversy of how he was, how yeah. it went around, he died with the voting and everything. Do you think they should have brought him back anyway? Do you know what? I think it was clever. If the vote had had been rigged, I think DC did the right thing to go. Okay, but this why is what... wait nearly seventeen, years, twenty years later? I think sometimes though, I think it's good to do that. I think rather than bringing a dead character back within a few years, I think it's good because it gives you all enough time to sort of move on. And, and then out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and it is. It's like out of nowhere. And he comes back and it's Red Hood and it's new. And it helps people that didn't know he was Robin. I didn't. I only back. knew the quote. Yeah, so you've gone back and you've read the comics now and you've done it. It's very clever of DC to go, right, let's bring because back characters. When I read, I didn't read it at the time because yeah. I was quite, I was a child. I was literally a toddler yeah, when exactly. he was brought back. Yeah. So w- when I went back and read un- the Under the Hood story yeah. book, I was shocked because I was like, I wouldn't have expected it in a million years. Yeah. Because that people because of the quote of, you know, I was like, I don't think we'll, that we'll ever see Jason Todd come back. But I think the timing he came back is interesting because around the same time, yeah. Bucky came back. Oh, they fought Bucky with Red Hood. Yeah, that's what I mean. They both came back around the same time. So should the quote still stand or should we change it? Because both Jason Todd and Bucky have come back. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I think no, I'm not saying no, you're mad about it, but I mean, should they change the wording of the quote? Only three characters should say dead. Should they take the Bucky and Jason Todd out of it? Yeah, definitely. Because there is other characters that stay dead. Marvel, who I've mentioned in my Marvel episode, because yeah. I, I hate characters. I just love the way they took that word and gone, mm, let's make it fancy. We'll pronounce it Marvel. Yeah, Marvel. it was a mispronunciation, apparently. I love it. Marvel. I like Marvel. <gasps> I'm sad that we'll never see him in live action. I've discussed this in the Marvel episode. I, I tell you what it is. I think when that rule got made, it was too soon. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think agree. we can accept that that rule was a concept, and At that concept time. has now changed and adapted. Yeah. Yeah, because we also appreciate that now there's way more characters, way more storylines, you are going to have to thin the herd out every now and again and kill off exactly. a few. So, yeah. Three There's a few characters that have stayed died. Like Goliath. Uh, Bill Foster, I believe his name is. I do apologise if I've got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because I've not read Civil War in a little bit. Because he died in Civil War. He was the character that basically... Do you remember the scene when four ca- the Cyborg 4 came down? Yes. Into, I think I showed you the panel. You did? And it was... And he, that was Goliath, and he's ah, never come back. Ah, right, okay. He's never come back. Neither's Marvel. Neither's certain characters. There you go. You know, and it's yeah. like, why is it Bucky and Jason, even though they've been back for m- most of my life? Yeah. They didn't come back until you were a bit older. Yeah. So they'd been dead for most of your childhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bucky had been dead before you were born. You were born in the 80s, I believe. Very, very late 80s, yes. I'm just saying in the, uh, in the 80s, because I don't know when exactly in the 80s. <laughs> very so, late 80s. <laughs> so you, so you, Jason was dead for most of your childhood. Yeah, he was, yeah. So, 
So do you think it's interesting that they brought back these characters that were, you know, mm. probably died before some of us were... Some of my listeners might have been born, or they might have been born when this happened. I think it's very clever. I think if you're trying to come up with something new, something fresh, if you're worried about the audience accepting it, why not bring back a character from quite a while ago that's got an established baseline? Even though he he was hated at the time. Even though he was hated at the time, but then change him slightly. People love him now. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. why did you hate him at the time then? It was the age. Because he was replacing Dick Grayson. Yeah, exactly. And none of us like change. We don't do it. I wasn't born. I'm so I've always been a Jason. I've I like Jason. I liked that he's. I I mentioned this in my John Walker episode when we talked about that we felt he was rushed him becoming a good guy again. Yeah. Do you think he should still toe that line of villainy and heroism? I do like when. Uh, you know, I've told, I've said this before, haven't I? I love it when a character does that because yeah. I think it's so much more realistic. I think it's so much. It's a character that I can really get behind, believe in, because I don't believe people are perfect. So when yeah. the, when they toe that line, I think it's perfect for me. I great. think he should stay towing that line. I yeah. think that he was rushed into being a hero too soon, personally, yeah. and we've has, we've said this before. Yeah. Because I. To me, Jason kind of fills in the role. Mm. If when I think of the Bat Family now, yeah, he's kind of the Jean Paul Valley of yeah. the Bat fam- yeah. Family. You know, he mm. toes that line. He's not afraid to go against Batman and that. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not afraid like to throw a punch at Batman every now and then. He's the common sense consciousness of the family, where he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on, hang on! It's all right being super <laughs> duper wonderful and good." But how are you going to save everyone? Think it through. Can we think it through? I might need to kill a few people along the way. If one of them dies, would it be the end of the world? No. You know? (laughs) That's what I mean. I think he kind of fills in that Jean-Paul Valley role of the the Batsons, if you will. I actually think characters that are far better are the ones where they aren't perfect from the get-go. So you take, like, your Captain America, yeah. who was noble and all of that, and everyone started to get really annoyed. And then we had, obviously, Civil War, and it sort of shook him up a bit. He grew a beard. It was amazing. I, was, <laughs> I could not... There's a few characters I could not look at the same as after exactly. Civil War. Because I have read the Civil War comic. Yeah. And I was very critical of the movie because I was like, this is nothing like the fuck. Yes. Mm. I remember you shouting that very loudly in a library. And and yeah. I was shouting that in the blue. And as we nearly a got result. kicked out the pair of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, this is not what happened. Yeah. And to, for me, Jason. Hmm. Jason. Oh, man. It's hard to try and come up with bad things to say about Jason because I ah, I have go. a soft spot for Jason. Yeah. Todd for me because mm. I've always loved Red Hood. Yeah. The concept of Red Hood being yeah. like, you know, he's not a fr- even though he works with the Bat family, he's yeah. not afraid to go against them every now and then. Which is life, isn't it? Let's be Sometimes honest. you're not going to agree with your family. You're never going to agree. It's families come on you can have the most perfect family in the world but there's always going to be something that you're going to disagree he's like on. the bad child of the fact he, he doesn't get, he doesn't get on with dick he doesn't get on with tim let's face it i don't know how he'd get on with damien to be fair <laughs> <laughs> damien's yeah. just a brat yeah, <laughs> i do apologize to damien fans don't come <laughs> after me that's just my opinion of damien to <laughs> please don't come after me about damien because yeah. I will not listen. 
you because I did. <laughs> I love that. Please don't come after me. I won't listen. <laughs> <laughs> because whether you like it or not, my opinion will not change of Damien Wayne. We're all entitled to our opinion. It's totally fine. And there's enough out there that with the with the DC universe and the Marvel universe, if your opinion differ, it is fine. Even if people come after you every now and then yeah. for it. Honestly, we, we've spoken about this like off topic for many a thing. If we were all the same, It'd life be very would be boring. so boring. Exactly. exactly. I, I don't like. I understand. Like, yeah, they might have hated him at the time because of yeah. the change. They might have hated him because they felt he was a copy. But that all changed after Crisis, and they still hated him. And I was like, hmm. you can't really win here, can he? No. This poor kid. No. No. They try and change him, and you're like, I hate him even more. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? This happens to a lot of characters. I can think of in uh, so many different areas, not just the cinematic unit, not just DC Comics and Marvel, out there in the world and TV films and everything. When a character is shoved down your throat, you will reject it. Exactly. Massively. I think there's a few characters that we can name from the movie universe, like Marvel and DC movies. Can you name an example that you felt that way? I think Captain America is the most real standout one for me because I which Captain America the one from the universe the cinematic universe if you want to go for one that a lot of people will know with oh you mean Steve Rogers Steve Captain Rogers America. yes Steve Rogers the cinematic universe one because I was thinking do you Annoying. mean Sam <laughs> oh no well no not Sam no <laughs> that's not, it I was a bit confused he's which... not my Captain America <laughs> oh they were like that in the comics and I was like no it's a bit of change leave Sam alone he'll be fine he'll be fine and again he's coming at it from a really good perspective they, they've not shoved you down him down your throat no they haven't they, they built really up well. to it yeah really really they well t- they you know gave him the shield at the end of Endgame as you know yeah then they built up in the sea and yeah. and the wind soldiers wanted it back and then and then he was rubbish with it and then Bucky was like days. I want to I will I will take that shield and I will be Captain America myself and I was like yes I love how Sam was like I don't want it Bucky went I'll do it and Sam went no no you're alright yeah. so Sam's like <laughs> Sam was just straight up like no you're like, not happening. You know what? It'd probably be better if I just did it. He's just like, I'm good. <laughs> that shield with that metal arm throwing it, oh my God, you will rip the world apart. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine that. You're oh, just I like, do love oh that bit God. though when, uh, I think it was like, was it the first second episode where they throw the shield and, he and Bucky it. just catches it? And he, I was oh, like, I was so like, good. I was like, I, was, I did oh. the emoji, you know the emoji with the big eyes and it's like, yeah, that was literally me because it was like my childhood. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a soft spot for Bucky the Cap, I do apologize. <laughs> and as we say to each other every week when we leave, looking strong, Beth, looking strong, <laughs> looking strong, Katie. <laughs> I think to me, when when I think of Jason Todd, I don't think of him as the legacy, a legacy, yeah, That's because I, to me, he's coming to his own as Red Hood, yeah. I think it's unfair to judge him yeah. for his days of Robin because I felt he, I think he was judged Massive for the change. Yeah. Because people were like, but we've had Dick for over 40 years and I don't like That's this change. That's a long time to be a character and to change it and expect everyone to just but massively jump years. on board. Yeah, yeah I agree. You're, you're like, yeah, yeah you're not going to be accepting, but you'd think over time they'd be like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like, they won't. Oh, we've got to go. Ooh, I do apologise. We've run out of time. One so second. Until next time. Bye.
So here is my sum up tweet for Jason Todd. <clears throat> Jason Todd, the Robin whose life Batman failed to save but came back to haunt him. Although despised as Robin, then same cannot be said about his time as Red Hood. Watch out though, if you're a criminal who crosses his path, good luck, you'll really need it.